Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller. I cannot tell you how excited I am about my interview and my guest today. His name is Kevin Saxton. Now, if you were an Emory & Henry football fan a number of years ago, you might know that name, Kevin Saxton. But I'm going to start by saying, Kevin Saxton, we are interviewing on a Sunday evening. What were you doing two weeks ago this time on a Sunday evening? Two weeks ago, um, about this time, I think we were getting prepared to to play in the Super Bowl. To pre preparing for the game. Yeah. And uh, you are a Kansas City Chief. Yeah. And will you get a Super Bowl ring or do you already have it? <laughs> no, we don't have it yet. I'm, I'm trying to remember from, from last year. Um, I think that the ring ceremony was in May. So we've got a few months. Were you working for the team during the Super Bowl last year? Not during the Super Bowl, um, but I got hired in February, uh, I guess technically March 1, 2023. And so I kind of saw how all that kind of went about um, after they won the Super Bowl last year. Well, we've got to get to your story about how you wound up as a Kansas City Chief. And I assume you're in Kansas City right now. I am. All right. And it's going to be a story. But first, we got to get the, the the dirt out of the way. Tell me about the party after the Super Bowl. Did you all have a sophisticated, calm gathering? Was it a family event or was it just totally wild and crazy? So I would say that it was more so uh, catered to the family. Um, I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, it was pretty much friends and family of players, coaches, staff. And I mean, it was just pretty much all of our staff in Kansas City. Um, and so we had a venue that we had rented out um, in our friends and family hotel. And, you know, I mean, it was food everywhere. Um, we had live live artists. Um, so we had Ludacris, uh, Chainsmokers, and uh, Post Malone. So it was, I mean, it was a great time. Uh, All right, Kevin. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you about the family. Do you have a family that you had with you at this party? Um, so my wife was there and uh, my father-in-law, they were, they were there. And um, so they got to enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy the party. You know, now, do you the, have kids at this point? My wife and I are actually expecting our first child tomorrow. So, <gasps> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How momentous. Well, congratulations. How exciting that is. Thank you. And I hope she doesn't go into labor before we finish this <laughs> interview. I said I got to ask you about the dirt. So tell me about Taylor Swift. Did you meet her? Have you hugged her? I got to meet her briefly at the party um, after the Super Bowl. Kind of, we were just kind of in the same same vicinity, so nothing, nothing too crazy. For for a while, everybody would ask, like, "Have you met her? Have you met her?" I was like, "No, no, yeah, haven't met her. Haven't really been in the in the same vicinity as her." But after the Super Bowl, at the at the post party, um, I was able to. Well, you are certainly uh, hanging around with big names in the country. And of course, down here, you're a big name to us. We were so excited about trying to get us a view a view of you uh, during the Super Bowl. But uh, let's see, we still have, have a little more dirt to get through. You're always standing right behind Coach Andy Reid during the game. Yep. Did you think you were going to have to get between him and uh, Travis Kelsey when Kelsey came over and said, I want to go in, put me in and I'll score? Um, they were just having uh, having some friendly conversation and just trying to figure out figure out the best way for our guys to get rolling. Well, Kevin, tell us exactly what your title is with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so I'm an offensive assistant, um, and so I mean it's just a broad range. Oh, 
wide range of things that I, you know, kind of help with and do. And, um, you know, really just coach Reed's right hand man. Um, so whatever he needs, you know, I'm there to help him and um, just kind of help him throughout the week in terms of organization and just getting everything ready, uh, you know, for, for the game plan for all our coaches and, and players and just getting everything, like I said, organized and ready to go for, uh, for Sunday. Give us an example. I mean, I assume that you keep him on track and that if he says, I want this, you got to get it. Basically. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, it's it's like I said, there's a lot of things that I do. I'm a a very, very, very wide range. Um, but like I said, just whatever he needs, you know, I'm I'm there to basically make sure that he's good and and he can, um, you know, he can function the way that he needs to function for for our team to be successful. I assume that you're more administrative and management, or are you out there telling Patrick uh, Mahomes what to do? I wouldn't say that I'm telling him what to do, but, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of administration and, um, you know, and, and involved in that management side. And, but, you know, there are guys that, like I said, I'll, I'll sit in, I'll meet with the quarterbacks and, you know, do those types of things. But in terms of, you know, telling Pat what to do now, nah, and I wouldn't say that. Is he just revered by the other team people? I mean, I, I think he's greatly respected by all. Um, because he is super talented, you know, so it's one of those things where you never know what you're going to get once you face him because somewhere up those sleeves, there's something magical that's that's bound to happen. Let me tell you when I became a Kansas City Chief fan, and it wasn't about Taylor Swift. I don't know if you were around when this happened, but Netflix did a documentary called Quarterbacks. Were you around during that time? I was here when it came out. But during all the filming and everything like that, I was not here yet. Well, I wonder what they thought about it because, I mean, I'm not, I don't know much about football. I, I can be excited about a game, but to understand the finesse of the game, I'm not. But he he seemed just awesome, just magical. He's great. I mean, he's, he's great on the field, off the field, um, you know, as a, a father, son, a brother. I mean, he's, he's a great guy, um, you know, and so – He's one that is, he's, you know, he's definitely one that, that have in your corner. You know, if you're able to have him in your corner, he's a great one to have. But like you said, that, that word, that word magical is, is everything that he is. And like I said, just when you're going against him, you know, or you're watching him, you know, somewhere something's going to, something magical is going to happen. You don't know when or where, but at some point in time, he's, he's going to do something that's just going to have your jaw drop to the floor. Yeah. The chiefs can be way behind and you just see him bear down. You just see the concentration in his eyes. He's like, okay, no big deal. We got to overcome this. Yep. And he's, he's, he's locked in, he's focused, you know, and he's going to make sure that he gets the guys around him on the same level that he's on. Right. Get those guys locked in focus and, and let them know, Hey, like, you know, we may be down, but we're not out. And so those guys buy into it. They, they follow right behind them. And, you know, that's when great things happen. What have you learned? You know, you are a great quarterback. You, I, I've got your stats here, 8,500 plus passing yards during your time here at Emory and Henry, 69 touchdown passes. And then you coached here for three years. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what you've learned about being a quarterback, being a team member since you've gotten to the NFL. I mean, you, you learn a lot. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a difference between this level and, in in college. And, um, but you know, it's just when you see these guys where this is their career, this is their job, 
you know, and so you see the the amount of time and effort and strain that they put into it because, you know, when it's all said and done, they've got to be able to feed their families, you know, and their loved ones when they when they get home and, and stuff like that. And so you you almost think about it and like, man, like if I always had this type of attitude and, and approached it the same way, you know, you, you don't, you know, you'd imagine what type of other things you'd be able to do with it. But so it's it's been great. Like I said, just seeing how these guys operate on a day to day, you know, compared to going back and thinking about my time in college where it's like waking up early to go lift. Well, then I've got class all day. So then I've got to find time throughout the day to make sure I try and get ahead on some homework and, you know, all the other tedious things that you've got to make sure that you get done because you're a student first. And then now I've got to get my mind kind of switched over on the football. So, you know, like I said, it's just, it just amazes me how, you know, for these guys to, you know, they're going to wake up just like everybody else. They wake up, they have to go to their job and they got to work. What has surprised you most about being a team member with the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs? What have you, what shocked you? I wouldn't necessarily say that anything shocked me. Um, You know, it's just, it's just seeing it from a different point of view. You know, football is football um, when it's all said and done, but it's a different point of view. So, you know, there are different aspects to it, obviously, just because this game, you know, it's a professional level compared to a college level. So there's just more dedicated time to football rather than having to worry about all the other things that kind of come with, um, you know, the college side of the game. So, like I said, I wouldn't say that anything really shocked me, um, but it's it's definitely been great to be a part of. You were obviously a, a superstar athlete when you were growing up. Did you dream about being in the NFL when you were a kid? Truthfully, no. Um, I'd say since middle school, honestly, my passion was to uh, be a sports agent. Um, that was that was kind of the the path that I felt like I wanted to do. You know, I thought about some other things as well in that time frame of growing, you know, growing up and then graduating, um, you know, between the creative design, graphic design aspects. Um, you know, I would come in there with you guys and the communication side of things and, you know, just kind of do some, you know, do some of that stuff. But um, you know, I always had dreamt of being a sports agent. That was that was always the 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 goal for me. Well, do you still think about that? Because it seems yeah. like that could be an avenue for you. Yeah, I mean, it, when I was approached about coaching, I kind of looked at it that way. Like that's always something that I could, you know, eventually get myself to, um, you know, down the road. But you know, I've got an opportunity to get into this this ministry and this fellowship of of coaching and help guys that I just played with and, and, you know, guys in the future to, to achieve their goals and, and grow and stuff like that. So I kind of chose that path. My guest today here on this conversation is Kevin Saxton. He is a member of the Kansas city chiefs. He's the offensive assistant coach, which sounds strange, offensive. You're not <laughs> offensive in any way, Kevin, <laughs> the assistant coach in offense or something. But anyway, he's my guest and I'm delighted to talk to him about his experience in getting to the NFL. But we need to look back a little bit because Kevin, you mentioned Emory and Henry. I talked about your football record. It sounds like we almost had our hook into you in mass communications, but what was your major? My major was sports management. Of course, sports <laughs> management. And then how did it happen that you became a coach? Who approached you? Did you have any idea that that was coming that you would graduate and then they'd say, stay on and help us coach. So that second semester, finishing up, you know, 
that senior year, um, that last year. And uh, Coach Newsom came to me uh, or had me come over to the field house. And, you know, he was like, hey, like, we're going to have an opening to coach the running backs and asked if that was something I may be interested in. And at the, you know, at that exact moment, I was like, you know, it sounds like something I could be interested in, but I'm not sure, you know, if I'm really ready to make that decision. Um, and so he gave me time to kind of go back and think about it and, and you know, kind of think it through. And so I would go out there a few times uh, during spring ball and just kind of be around and uh, just kind of see how they operate on the the other side of it. And yeah, so then I made the decision uh, shortly after graduation. And so then I was back that fall. What was that like? Because you would have been coaching people that you had been a teammate with. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was it was fine. Um, and I think it was a smooth transition just because of the, you know, playing the quarterback position and having to be in that leadership role as a player. So I, I thought it was an easy transition. You know, obviously I had, you know, my friend group, three of them were still playing. So that was the tough part was having to break away from, you know, hey, like y'all are still my guys, but I've tried to cross over that bridge um, as you two, fin you know, as you three finish out your your college. And um, but like I said, it was it was a smooth transition. Um, I thought it went well and um, it was a lot of fun. Did we do as well after you graduated as we did when you were uh, behind the football? <laughs> we did. We had we had success. We did. We had success. And, um, you know, we ended up uh, we ended up playing for for an ODAC championship um, in a great game with Randolph Macon. And that that went down to the to the very final snap of the game. So, um, you know, we, we were definitely successful. And, you know, I was a part of that transition from Division three to Division two. you know, so just going through that whole process and and everything like that. I mean, that was that was a blast in itself. After you left coaching, you stayed for three years here yep. as a as a what were you a offensive coach? Yep. So I coached running backs my first year and then um, co-offense coordinator and coached the quarterbacks the, the following years. So what prompted you to leave? Let me um, guess, they were paying you so much money, it was hard for you to leave. <laughs> no, so I, um, you know, I had been there for going on eight years. And so for me, I just, I wanted to kind of take a leap and just kind of create a path in the coaching journey, kind of just see how far it could take me and um, just kind of see, like I said, to see where it went. And so I actually left there and, and went back home to the Charlotte area. Um, a buddy of mine that uh, was a former teammate of mine at Appalachian State, he was a high school head coach. And um, so we reconnected and, and reunited and um, got to coach with him for a year, um, immediately following Emory and uh, had a lot of fun with that. And that was a different aspect in itself because now you go from college guys, 21, 22 year olds, right? So now you drop all the way down to potential 14, 15, you know, 16, 17 year olds right there in that prime teenage, those prime teenage years. And so, um, you know, getting to be with those guys and and impact their lives. I mean, that was that was incredible. And, and it was incredibly tough to leave those guys because, you know, you could see the growth and the close knit relationship that, you know, we were able to kind of build and the bonds that we were able to build. And, you know, so like I said, it was it was fun. Kevin, who was that friend? Was it anybody we know? He's the grandson of a legendary head coach in Appalachian State's history. Um, his name is Trey Cavanaugh. You know, so now he's actually he's back. He's in the 
SAC conference um, that Emory plays in now. Um, he's coaching the quarterbacks at Winget. So, um, you know, so they'll be seeing him every year. Oh, boy. Coaching. You know, I forgot to ask you about the Appalachian State connection because you transferred to Emory and Henry from Appalachian State. I did. What possessed you to do that? Um, you know, so that's where I started off and uh, just kind of got caught in a in a coaching change. And, you know, the biggest thing for me is was the way that it felt being there and feeling like family, feeling like home. And, you know, things just didn't quite feel the same, um, you know, after that coaching change. And so, you know, Coach Coach Newsom was fortunate enough to give me a second chance. And yes, the rest is history. It was great history for Emory and Henry. So you went back to it was you were coaching high school when you went yep, back to North Carolina in the Charlotte area. It was called Culbertson. Cuthbertson. And uh, so you stayed there for a short amount of time. Yeah, I was there for really the season. And then I got offered another job um, at a Division II school in South Carolina in February. St. Benedict. I, Benedict College. Yep. And so how were how did things go for you there? Uh, I mean, things were <laughs> things were incredible. Um, so we um, we went undefeated regular season, uh, won a conference championship and, uh, you know, really had a historic year um, for that college. And, you know, we uh, we ended up being the number one overall seed in our region for the playoffs, for the division two playoffs and, um, you know, home playoff game. And so it was a lot of firsts that happened, you know, for that school and that program. And so, I mean, it was just, I was just grateful to be a part of that and, and to have an impact on that. And um, like I said, it was a lot of fun. Were you head coach there or were you a, no, an assistant so, coach? No, uh, so assistant coach, uh, yep, Coffin's coordinator, um, and coached the quarterbacks there. And so then somehow, I don't know whether there's anything in between, but it seems to me like from what I could find, you went from Benedict College to the NFL. Yep. And so um, so the summer, the summer prior to that first Benedict season, so I got to Benedict in February. So I went through spring ball, all of that. Um, so then the summer prior to the season, I was a part of the Bill Walsh Minority Fellowship with the NFL. And so I actually came out here to Kansas City for training camp. Um, and so I got to kind of assist and help and, you know, and be around during training camp, um, you know, and be a part of all the things and just kind of get my feet wet, um, you know, with this organization, the coaches and build those relationships and those bonds with with everyone. and. Um, you know, again, doing that, there was no guarantee that it would land, you know, an opportunity, but it did at least allow me to get my, you know, put my foot in the door and be able to possibly have the opportunity. I would imagine, I'm just a pure guess here, but that the minority fellowship was something that was pretty competitive. Yeah, very competitive. Um, And, you know, so there's an application process and there's a way to kind of go about it. And 32 teams in the NFL, they can kind of go through and, and, interview whatever candidates they'd like and pick any, you know, take any candidates that they would like. And, you know, so it, it is competitive, um, you know, and so fortunately a buddy of mine was on staff that I kept up with and kept a relationship with and, um, you know, and he was able to, to help, help make it happen. Well, that's amazing, Kevin. And it's clear that you impressed somebody to win the fellowship. And then you got there and impressed people for sure. And I want to ask you about 
it was a, a quote that I heard, I think, from Coach Newsom that you were always a leader. And that you think of that when you're a quarterback. You're more than just an athlete. You're the athlete. And you are the leader in a way. But where did you learn about leadership and what did you learn? You know, I just, I think just growing up um, and playing sports my entire life, you just, I feel like most coaches are going to harp leadership. And, you know, leadership is something that a lot of times is going to be the difference between your team being a good team and a great team, um, you know. And so just being around that and playing quarterback the majority of my life, um, you know, you just kind of are thrown into that role. And, you know, you just kind of figure it out as you go. And, you know, and so to me, leadership is just it just respect. That's that's kind of that's basically how I see it is you know, having enough respect for your peers, your teammates, um, you know, and the guys that you're you're trying to lead. Um, and ultimately they show the same the same respect back to you, um, you know, as you're you're in that uh, you know, that position. And so um, you know, I just I just wanted the best for, you know, myself and, and everyone around me. And, you know, like I said, just being kind, treating everybody with respect, you know, I think that goes a, a long way. Where did you see that in your young life, people who were respectful and looking for the best in people? Uh, at home. I mean, my parents, they're, that's, that was their whole their whole thing <clears throat> as me and my siblings grew up. And really, they've always just wanted the best for us. Um, you know, the moving from the Maryland, from Maryland um, outside of D.C., where both my parents grew up, moving from there to Charlotte. Um, when I was at a young age, like that was solely them thinking ahead, them thinking about the future, them wanting to put me in the best place to be able to be successful as I grow up, you know. And so that's just something that I, has always stuck with me. And, um, you know, as I grew up and just knowing that, you know, no matter what, at some point in time, there's always going to be someone else that's going to be dependent on you. Um, and, you know, so if you've got the ability to make things better for them or put them in a better situation than do that, you know? And so that's just kind of always. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I've got a sister, um, one sister, one brother. And your parents are still with you and behind you and showing up for the Super Bowl and going <laughs> to be there when the baby's born. They're, they're still, they're still very involved. Um, they came out for the week of the Super Bowl. They weren't there for the game, but. Um, they were out there for the week. And so we were able to hang out some and go to dinner and, and you know, do all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, they were able to go out there and enjoy Vegas, um, you know, them and my siblings. And um, so they'll, they'll actually be out here uh, during my mom's a teacher. So during their spring break, um, they're going to come out for for little man and and for us to see us. And, and oh, that's stuff. great. So your mom is a teacher at yep. what, what level, what subjects? Um, So she's. I think she's teaching first grade now. She was teaching kindergarten for a while, but I think she's teaching first grade now. So she she loves the little ones. So that's and how about dad? What does he do? Dad, uh dad works in IT um at a massive plant. I don't even know how to describe it. Just I just know that the security is top notch, 
you know, at this at this plant for him. But um, well, congratulations to all of your family, because I know how I feel just having known you and how everybody in Emory and Southwest Virginia feels about you. So I can only imagine they just must be bursting with pride. Thank you. All right. Are you are you hoping for a boy and a football player? We're having a boy. We'll, we'll let you know, we've got a lot of football things that will that will be in front of them. But, <laughs> you know, it'll it'll all be up to him. Um, and then what he wants to do, if he wants to play sports, he can play sports. If not, he doesn't have to. But, you know, just being able to to see him grow and, and be happy, you know, doing something that he loves. That's the that's the biggest piece. How about next year in the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs? We'll see what God's plan is. What's your plan? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we always we always shoot to win. Um, You know, that's 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 one reason why we're. You know, while we're in it is, you know, you want to go out there, you want to be successful, you want to win. Um, and, and that's the ultimate team prize, ultimate team goal. So we're already back on the drawing board and getting prepared and getting ready for. That's for, what it know, sounds like. Just uh, before we let you go, the best of this, let's start with the worst. What's been the worst day of your job with the Kansas City Chiefs? There had to be a day that you just like, what have I done? You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily said that there's been a worse day um you know early on the the hardest part was learning coach reed learning his day-to-day learning you know his the things that he likes the things that he doesn't like you know and just figuring him out because everybody's different um you know i've worked for this will be my fourth the fourth head coach that i've worked for in you know six years so um six seven years and so everybody's different and so just learning him, that that took a little bit of time. I'm still learning him every day. Um, and I see him every single day, but I'm he just never fails to amaze me. There's just something, something that's just like, oh, I didn't know that. But um, you know, so like I said, there's when you're doing something you love, it's it's hard to say that there's that there's a bad day. So is there a best day? You just the day that just well, the Super Bowl, my gosh. It's got to be the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl, you know, the Super Bowl is up there. I'd, I'd say between the Super Bowl and just getting the call from Coach, like about the job opportunity. Uh, you know, those those two are up there. Germany was pretty fun, and that was being able to have my wife out there with me. That was, I mean, that was cool. There's there's a lot of there's there's been a lot of a lot of good best days. Well, we're so happy for you, Kevin. When are you coming back to visit us in Emory? <laughs> Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Um, I I still. I still keep in touch with a lot of a lot of people there and, um, you know, a lot of the ones on staff still. And, you know, so I stay in contact and, you know, it's just trying to find a, a weekend where, you know, where we can get out there and we can we can get back over there. So I'm, I'm trying to get out there as soon as I can. Well, I'm sure Coach Newsom is going to give you plenty of opportunities and invitations. I know there's some spring event for football and I, I'm sure he wants you there for that. I'm trying to see if it lines up with our schedule. I hope so. Kevin Saxton, my guest today of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions and Emory and Henry graduate. Thank you so much for your time, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks above all. Well, thanks to Kevin and thanks above all to the listeners. You are hearing this conversation Wednesday at six and Sunday at two here on WEHC. And you can find us on our podcast. All you have to do is look for WEHC podcast, this conversation. Thanks again, Kevin. Thanks again, listeners. See you next time.